It's time for Friday Follies, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Welcome to Rude Alchemy, Chatter, and Lore. I'm Andy. I'm Andrew. I'm Thomas Hotchkin. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Ryan Whalen. And we are the creators of Rude Alchemy. Chatter and Lore is that special place where we talk about Rude Alchemy, who we are, why we're doing it, and also to tell some stories that will expand the ridiculous universe we are creating. If this is the first episode of Rude Alchemy you're listening to, thank you, welcome, we're glad to have you, but since this is an opportunity to enhance and expand the world of the series, you might have a better time if you first listen to episodes from our current season. It's called Carver Crane Bottom Bone Detective, and the first chapter of this series is in our f- it is on our feed, labeled episode. <laughs> this is the part I changed, so I- <laughs> it is on our feed, labeled episodes one through five. That's the first chapter of this series, and the second chapter is now underway with episodes one and two available. In this episode of Chatter and Lore, we'll be talking Carver playing some weird history. And listening to a Carver bonus story from me, Andy. Oh. Nice. Episodes six and seven. (laughs) Yeah, I I wasn't going to say them. Not to confuse them. Uh, I'm terrible. It doesn't matter. Andy, I believe in you. Episode six and seven. All right. So uh, let's dive right in, shall we? And uh, talk some Carver. Uh, We're bringing back the round robin question style. Yeah. Let's. Let's just—it never went away. I mean, let's be honest. Like that's something we do every single time. Well, we actually mm. skipped it a couple times, and uh, th- there were complaints. Oh, from Tom. Forgive me, from Tom. Yes. <laughs> so who who goes first? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Not me, because I still have to think of a question. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll, 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 um, I'll jump this off here. Right. Oh, I'm take, sorry, Leon, you, do, do you want to go? I have a really bad question, but it's not you know it's not interesting really. But so you you can go first. <laughs> we'll start uh, off good. Ob- yeah, go no, on. obviously you have to go now first. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, Ryan. I Ryan, really have to go. go now. Okay, I'm sorry. Yep. Um, if we were to choose an who's animal, the question to? This is to everyone. I thought it's round robin, so we all answer it. Oh. Uh, I think we have different definitions of yeah, round. Yeah, I robin. thought round robin was that we each ask one other person a question. We round. You know what, Robin. You- you're Tom and Andrew are right, but Ryan, in the interest of inclusion and <laughs> tolerance, why don't we allow yeah, both kinds of questions? Go ahead. Excellent. Ryan. I love Mine's it. Mine's a really simple one. It's a really simple, stupid, awful, just dumb question because I, I just, you know, you, you know. If, okay. <laughs> if we were if we were to choose an animal to be oh. the lead the lead character. Of a rude alchemy season, which animal would you choose? (laughs) (laughs) Round round. This is to everyone. Simple. Just three answers. That's all. A fox. Oh oh, man. Oh Tommy, I get it. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't get it either. I just want this to be over with. Oh yeah, um, an owl because I love owls and yeah, and now uh, birds are, are animals, right? Now you're. By your definition, it's a bird of prey, whatever you want to call it. It's a raptor. Okay. It's a raptor. It has talons. Of, do they have talons? Do owls have, are they considered talons? An owl? Uh, well, we'd have to get an ornithologist in here to really give you the <laughs> the full breakdown. Andy? Uh, Hane. Oh. oh. Spinoff. Just a whole season about Hane. All right, go yeah. ahead, Tom. 
Okay. Um, yeah, no, that was really great. That was awesome. Thanks. Um, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> fucking prick. Waylon, I have a question for you. Uh, God damn it. You know, I'm not fast <laughs> on my, I'm not quick on my toes with these answers. Uh. Mm-hmm. No, but Go. this one, you know what? I was thinking, you don't have to, don't try to be funny. Don't try I to know. be anything. Just answer yeah. it just completely honestly, okay? All right. All right. As Rude Alchemy um, becomes bigger, the uh, it's very clear that the face of Rude Alchemy uh, or the voice, the presence of Rude Alchemy is you. Everybody loves the narrator even us everybody loves the narrator and you are the narrator so i'm wondering are you enjoying that or do you, do you feel a lot of pressure <laughs> like you're like you're holding all of this together like wow. what what's going on for you what, what what's this experience like for you um i feel shame that i don't contribute as much to the narrator <laughs> and, and I, I feel, and I feel totally comfortable as long as you guys, you know, keep on pumping out great narrator stuff. <laughs> I'll be fine. I'll, I'll, I'll handle it just fine. Uh, I, I, I don't feel any pressure whatsoever. It's just fun. I don't know. I, I think, I think the the fans love the writing of the narrator. No, no, no. Yep. they I'm love not you. To, I'm right. not, no, no, I, trust me, I'm done with my false modesty days. <laughs> 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 or just plain modesty days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, it's normal modesty. Uh, Andy, okay. do, you, do you have a question, or I can, I, I can get, ask a question? You go. You also go. of the group. You go, you go. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to do, I'm gonna, since Ryan broke the mold here, I'm going to follow his suit because it's actually something that I'm curious to hear what everybody would have to say. So Carver Crane Bottom, we started with Carver Crane Bottom a year ago. Um, that was our, our flagship season for Rude Alchemy. And um, feedback anyway from like at least the vocal part of social media um, seems to think that uh, Carver is everyone's favorite of the seasons that we do or the stories that we tell. Um, I think we always thought we were going to come back to Carver, and now we have come back to Carver. And so my question is, uh, a year in, revisiting uh, the the favorite uh, character or, or storyline or whatever that we've done, um, what would you tell uh, 2015 versions of yourself? <laughs> what do you know now that you wish you knew then uh, when we first started making Root Alchemy? Anyone can answer first. I have an answer. I would tell okay. Andy to chill out a little bit. <laughs> Maybe, uh, you know, not get uh, quite so obsessive about the uh, the podcast. Okay. Um, and, you know, let it, let, it, let it flow. Let it flow a little bit. I would say invest in a better mic earlier. You know, I guess that would be... Wait, wait. What was the question? Am I telling? <laughs> all, am I t- all I heard out of that? We have a bad connection. Oh. All I heard was, but was the question? <laughs> am I, wait, wait. Am I asking? Uh, am, I, am I? Wait. 2016 Rude Alchemy is talking to 2015 Rude Alchemy. Yeah. Right. So a year ago, if you go, just go back to like when we were first starting out. When we were first doing our our first season of Carver Crane. But I'm like, what do you know now about the process or whatever that you wish you knew then? Are we telling ourselves or the group? Whatever. <laughs> I mean, you can tell yourself or you can tell. <laughs> uh, get in a better position right off the bat as to like actually how you physically. Um, Record because I have permanent back pain from laying in my bed underneath a blanket <laughs> for a good six seven months recording. None of us oh, told you yes. to lay in a bed under a blanket <laughs> to record. Just for the record, the best. I had that tiny mic that Andy was kind enough to let me have, you know, and then uh, <laughs> and it was just it was picking up a lot of background noise oh. while I was on the bed, you know. <laughs> it might. People that are just listening to Root Alchemy, the first season of Carver Cranebottom, Ryan's on his stomach. Underneath a, a very soft blanket. <laughs> Under a blanket. In my underpants, because I couldn't wear too many clothes, because <laughs> it would make too much noise. Oh, this is like the real insider scoop, man. Yeah. This is exactly what I was after. <laughs> Tom, what do you think? 
Um, I I would tell myself I I I'd say, listen, they're not going to listen to you for like the first eight months. So just <laughs> just save your breath. Oh, I've got I've got um, to 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 the to the group. I would say though, uh, you know, I and I and I I think I I I still say this, but you know, keep it simple, keep it simple, stupid kiss. Because I think we do our best work when we keep it simple. Back to basics. Mm. Which is why I'm nice. enjoying the second season of Carver so much. We're we're mm. good at what we do. Back to the basics, baby. That's right. Base. That's right. Base. All right. Kiss. Uh, my question. Did everybody answer that one? My mm-hmm. I had one. Yep. My question's for Ant. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> it's not. No, no, Ryan. <laughs> I realize it's. You know what's funny is that Werner did hear you say that originally and was just going to keep going. He's like, oh, I'm going to pretend well, I, I didn't hear it. I heard him say, I have another question. No, 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 no I wasn't. And I'm thinking, I'm not going to no. let him ask another question. Yeah, uh, what is it? I want to know. Yeah, right. No, it's not another question. It was another response to uh, Andrew. Yeah, okay, yeah, I so know. Was, what is it? Who and Noteworthy is not that big of a deal. That was my... <laughs> <laughs> Someone might want to uh, still, I'll still remember that as the happiest That was great, though. Life. That was fantastic. Um, it was yeah. exciting. We're talking about iTunes for those of you who don't know yeah, what we're talking about. If you start a about. podcast and you get in new and noteworthy in the first two or three weeks, your life you did, changes. You did not, well, just know you did nothing special and it won't matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, my question's for Andrew. Andrew. Oh, God. Last year, before we started this thing, this is over a year ago, um, you and I got together. Um, and actually, like, storyboarded and met multiple times to, like, really work through the story for Carver Cranebottom uh, and the yeah, style and all that. But but just focusing on the Carver part of it, we spent all that time storylining and storyboarding and everything. And now we don't really do that at all. All we do is we come up <laughs> with a treatment. We all kind of agree on it, maybe give some notes here and there. Uh, and then we just flow, and then we just run with it. Do you think it? Do you think it matters? Do you think that you know that's a is a, a um, made a difference, made a huge difference, or not? Uh, I don't. I don't know if I have enough perspective to know if it made a huge difference or not. I mean, I would say that if we all didn't have day jobs and like things that consumed all of our time that wasn't rude alchemy, I think it would be great fun to get together. Uh, and storyboard things much more intimately um, than the kind of lead story editor situation we have now, where basically one person sort of takes the lead in hammering out all the all the sort of fine details of the story and kind of has has final script approval um, when the scripts come through from from whoever happens to be writing. Um, but I think that I think our current system is good. Um, I feel I feel like uh, it's kind of like what Tom was saying though it's you can you can over <laughs> you can overcomplicate things as well so right um <clears throat> but I think a lot of like a lot of our relationship the four of us is you know is is based off of just our friendship before we came into this I think so much of what the fun for I'm speaking for myself but I feel like you guys are probably agree it's like the fun is really just being able to play with your friends like and and making the stories is great and um but i feel like we could <laughs> i'm not going to say we are but like we could abandon rude alchemy and do something completely different that was you know just we would have just as much fun cuz it's the four of us making it together i don't know is that cheap Aww. i don't know <clears throat> like a ski weekend <laughs> <laughs> I yeah like a ski though. weekend I don't, I don't wanna... bad things happen <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> well, we it, we wouldn't have to go. We you know we could we could like push you down on I an inner tube or something if you want. Raft at your bachelor party. I, I, <laughs> those those were nowhere near rapids. I thought I was going to try. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna move us along. You're gonna move us along. Thank you. All right. And we're back. It's time for everybody's favorite game, <laughs> Weird History. Yay. In honor of Carver Cranebottom, we'll be playing a Victorian edition. <laughs> Here is how the game is played. I will propose two historical facts, one real, one fake. It is up to the gentleman 
to determine which is which. A correct answer earns one point, an incorrect answer earns negative one point. All right. Oh, and uh, Tom. Mm, yes. How, how much on a scale of one to ten is Googling allowed? I got. <laughs> what a uh, way to phrase a question, by yeah, the way. Yeah, that's that's a very <laughs> odd thing to. How much on a scale of one to ten is this thing that's not allowed allowed? <clears throat> it's very odd. So I think oh, we yeah, should guess... tell the audience. I think we should be clear with the audience that this, because of terrible, terrible scheduling, we're recording very Wait. past my bedtime right now. <laughs> Just Tom, so that the they're end, aware. The... Pass a number. I think all of us are. We're all a little bit late. We're all up a little bit. Yeah, late yeah, this. yeah. So we're past everybody's bedtime. So you can't <clears throat> Google. That was the point. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> there, you, there you go. There you go. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> Here's the first uh, comparison. In 1885, an American naturalist discovered a rare four-legged bird by the banks of the Amazon River. The bird, commonly known as the gypsy bird, couldn't sing. Instead, it uttered doleful and demonic cries as if in mourning. <laughs> I'm going to do a season about that. Four-legged mm. gypsy bird. Also, uh, the other thing is the first computer is actually much older than you think. In 1879, English mathematician Edward Morris Brigham invented a device he called the hydraulic brain. It was not aptly named, however, as the machine could do no calculations. Instead, it merely shifted to a yes or no position in a somewhat random pattern. <laughs> AK! I have to tell you which one is true. Which one is true? Uh, uh, computer, computer brain is true. Hydraulic brain. There can't be a four-legged bird. Come on. Hydraulic brain is true. And Tom. All right, got it, Thomas. I, 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 I want to believe that the computer one is true, but it those there's it's so crazy, it's so bizarre that I got (laughs) I I gotta I gotta say that the bird thing is the true one. And Tom is correct. No. Yes. There is a uh, some sort of weird ass bird, uh, <laughs> commonly known I'm as the gypsy right bird, now. and it. Yeah. And also, I, isn't isn't Alan Turing the one that's credited with building the very first computer, like the first official computer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This whole so that was like what 1940. Just, so yeah, it's just nothing. Uh, yeah, that's a fake one. Uh, but yeah, it, it, apparently the birds like when it's born, it has four legs, and then they. Uh, sort of uh, grow into wings. It's this weird little bird. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Absolutely no no mention of it on on Google at all. All right. All right. Search search for Edward Morris Brigham. Morris Morris or Morris? Zach Morris? Zach Morris. 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 Zach Morris. 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 (laughs) Edward Morris Brigham, as in Brigham Young, but he wasn't a Mormon to my knowledge. Okay. More. <clears throat> Shut up, Tom. I'm just All right, guys. <laughs> the... All right, number two. <clears throat> In 1885, an unusual tropical plant termed. <laughs> Sorry, it's, gonna be hard. it's hard to pronounce. An unusual tropical plant termed Phytolacca fecum was discovered on the torrid plain of Hindustan. The foul odor the plant emitted caused the indigenous people who lived in the region to regard it with awe and reverence, never daring to get too close. Because uh, it's so stinky. Uh, number two, or the other part of this number two is... <laughs> Jesus. The local anesthetic. Local anesthetic was discovered in 1884 after a German medical student accidentally splashed some cocaine in his eye and realized it caused his eyeball to become insensitive to touch. <laughs> these are, for some reason, these are all really tickling me. <laughs> There's like a story. It's like, because like each of the options has like a narrative yeah, to it. Yeah, which is... You should see number three. It's like a paragraph for each one. Uh, uh, okay. Ryan, go first. Stinky plant. True. It's true. Uh, Tom, go second. Uh, Cocaine in the eye is true. (laughs) 
AK. Oh, God, there is a plant that's really stinky, but I don't know if the details that you described are... There's like a corpse plant. It's called... Yeah, you're like, right. I, I remember seeing that in the uh, Guinness Book of World Records. But I don't know about any of the other stuff about reverence and fear and Hindustan. And um, <clears throat> and uh, 1884 seems a little early for the local anesthesia. I feel like they were using that closer to the turn of the century. This is all a very long-winded way of saying... Uh, I don't know. Cocaine eyeball is true. God damn Tom it. and Andrew are correct. <laughs> I didn't even say correct yet. <laughs> but they were. They were correct. Ryan is extremely, extremely, <laughs> embarrassingly wrong. All right. <clears throat> Number three. <laughs> Strap in, fellas. This, these are wordy. All right. All right. <clears throat> in 1883, the great scientist Lord Kelvin proposed a theory that the human race possessed both a sixth sense, heat and force combined, and a seventh sense that of magnetism as such the phenomenon of clairvoyance could be explained by the fact that some people were in tune with their magnetic sense much better than others later research discovered that the human nose consists of bones and sinews that may once have been receptive to receptive to the earth's magnetic field thereby acting as a kind of built-in compass or in 1890, a French anthropologist made a remarkable discovery in a prehistoric burial ground at castelnau les lez near Montpellier. In 1890, he uncovered portions of a human skeleton from the Neolithic period, which, by his calculations, came from a man who stood merely one foot tall. The remains were sent for examination by a team of professors at the University of Montpellier, <laughs> and later by the Montpellier School of Medicine, who confirmed ah. that the bones appeared to belong to a race of very tiny men. <sighs> I forget Tom. what the first one was. Uh, uh, magnetic, magnetism. Magnetism through your nose bones. Sixth your nose sense. cartilage. So you can have a sixth sense and be a compass. Or tiny men. Uh, I don't know. Tiny men is true? What the fuck? <laughs> uh, Ryan. Tom's been right on all two. I want to go with him on this one. <clears throat> Shouldn't have. Tiny shouldn't. men. All right, Andrew. <laughs> now I hope uh, I'm wrong. <laughs> I do too. Wait, you both said, they both said tiny, they both said tiny men. They both men. said tiny men. Yeah. Is true? They both said... Well, tiny- just yeah. just to play the game, I'll say that the uh, magnetism is true. Oh, correct. Yeah. Ah. Ryan dips down to a pathetic... <laughs> oh, God. Martin O'Malley-like negative three. Uh, I hate All game right. time, Andy. You turn into <laughs> a monster. <laughs> a monster. <laughs> All right. I really hope everyone Number understands four. that you're a monster when it comes to playing games. <laughs> Especially to me. <laughs> Number four. In Number four. 1891, 1891, a photograph was taken by a Mr. Dunn, an ironmonger's son, from the window of his father's residence in Newcastle-on-Tyne, which overlooked the river. A thunderstorm was raging overhead, and a great ball of fire suddenly appeared over the river, reportedly moving as fast as a man could run. Before it vanished, Mr. Dunn managed to expose a plate in his camera. In other words, he was able to take a photograph of this. Uh, okay. Or, in the bitter London winter of 1875... Health officials recommended that before covering up for the night, two or three small tins of heated coal were to be spread around the body and blankets thrown over the top. The result was a warm and comfortable sleep. Uh, Andrew. Uh, The ball lightning one. The first one is is true. It's called ball lightning. Tom. I, I, honest to God, have no idea what the second one was. I listened to, like, the first word, and then I couldn't hear anything else. <laughs> you were sleepy, or was my, my connection? These are so wordy. There's so many words involved. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go with the ball of lightning, just because. <laughs> why the why the fuck not, Ryan? <sighs> why would they suggest putting <coughs> coals in your blankets? I mean, uh... all right. Um, I guess just for the sake of it, I'll say the coal thing. Ryan has plunged to negative four. (laughs) Tom and Andrew are holding steady at two, tied at two. Damn it. Number five. (laughs) Alfred Lord Tennyson. Buried a great volume of poetry with his deceased wife, only to dig it up again several years later. (laughs) Or, Mary Shelley kept her late husband, Percy Bysshe Shelley, Percy Shelley's heart in her desk after his (laughs) cremation left the organ intact. His cremation left his black ashy heart intact and she kept it in her desk or Alfred Lord Tennyson buried a great volume of poetry with his deceased Uh, wife only to dig it up again several years later Thomas yeah were those short enough those were very short that's more my side right there yeah yeah um I'm gonna go with the Mary Shelley one she seems like the kind of broad it would keep a heart in her Mary Shelley is true. Okay. <coughs> Ryan. Tennyson. Tennyson is true. Andrew? Oh, God. I, uh, Tennyson. I love both of them so much, though. <clears throat> much like... Oh, fuck. A pre-enlightenment <laughs> Viking ship... <laughs> Falling off the edge of the world, never to return again, <laughs> has Whalen absolutely plummeted to negative five. Uh, Andrew has gone down to one, and Tom is, has won with three. Um, nice. I would, I would love to. Uh, however. Uh, the tiebreaker is my favorite, so if we could just quickly do that, just just for funsies, just for Great. fun. But we all I know that I great. won the game. Yes, Tom yes. has Tom won, the game. won the game. All right, here's the tiebreaker. Uh, <clears throat> so this and is Whalen this is, lost. This is structured a little differently. All you have to do is answer this question: To which Victorian job does the following term apply? To which Victorian job does the following term apply? And is the this term multiple is, choice? The term is knocker-upper. Knocker-upper. And here are the two jobs. Okay? So keep that in mind. Knocker-upper. <clears throat> okay. In the Victorian era, instead of getting a wake-up phone call, you might employ a knocker-upper to rap on your door with a cane until the entire household arises. <laughs> or, in the Victorian era, a commonly diagnosed malady was female hysteria a condition that carried a range of symptoms from irritability, loss of appetite for food or sex, or even a tendency to cause trouble. As such, a, <laughs> as such, a hysteria doctor, or knocker-upper, may have been employed to cure female hysteria by inducing what was then called a paroxysm, or in the modern vernacular, vernacular an orgasm. Knocker-upper. Knock her up or uh, Ryan. Oh, I'm gonna go with the uh the orgasm. <laughs> Andrew? Uh there's a play about this. Uh I'm I'm pretty sure the second one is the is the correct one, though the time period might be off, but my answer will be this the second one. Thomas? Yeah, it's actually pretty well known. It's not. It's not weird history at all. It's pretty well documented that the or, the orgasm one was the is the correct one. So congratulations, Whalen. You got one right. 
so you're all wrong, and Ryan <laughs> is in a devastating suicidal position of negative six. So remember, the question was which they're both real Victorian jobs. The question was what to which to which one does the following term apply? Knocker upper. Oh, if you, yes, if you yes, listen yes. to the question, uh, but Tom, I think you really yeah. missed your calling there with that second one. Um, if you had been born 120 years earlier, I think <laughs> you would have been a great hysteria doctor. Do you want to you know hear- what? I think so too. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Can You're I welcome. give a little really nice little uh, additional information on that? No, actually, we have to move on. Thank you, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, term, the term hister is uh, Latin for the uterus, actually. So if someone is to, if a woman is to be hysterical, it's uh, the cause of it is her actual uterus. That's, that's where the term hysteria has come oh, from. That's why we have a hysterectomy, which hysterectomy. is a removal of the... Yeah, interesting. Exactly. What if a man is hysterical, though? No, that doesn't happen. It's just women. That doesn't happen, Tom. That doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, and they used man. to think, they used to think back in the... Uh, I don't, I'm not sure when, but they, they thought that the uterus would actually leave the body and uh, cause issues. <laughs> <laughs> When? I think, like I guess just it's on worth, its own? Yeah, on its own, yeah. Like it would just it's, decide one day, like, I'm getting out of here? Getting out of here, and it'd it like, kind of be like a little leprechaun, just going around causing I've got causing stuff problems. to do. Hmm. Um, I think it some, all had to I do think, with misogyny. Just, <laughs> terrible, for terrible the Yeah, I was going to say, for the, since, since we're talking about it, and, some, and, and uh, some people think that maybe we're serious when we, when we make jokes about... <laughs> Uh, you know, women being disgusting hairy monsters in the in the nineteenth century, so we're you know we're we're trying to make jokes. I don't think we need to explain ourselves to these people. So they just, can't take I'm a joke. Gonna, they can't take just, a joke. Let them leave. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know what? We women were them. hairy, scary monsters. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, They're not anymore. I guess all I'm, I guess what all my my only point is like in this buried in the same twenty five minutes of having <laughs> dick joke after dick joke and to and I don't know, yeah. Which we're we're trying to make we're trying to make funny. I know. Anyway, I don't have a problem with pubic hair. I like it. Or see, <laughs> see that's just, that's disgusting. <laughs> Come on, lay us out, Andy. Play <laughs> us. <laughs> Nope. Nope. Uh, okay. Nope. And and nope. uh I think we're and we're back. <laughs> and uh let's see. Uh Andrew, I thought now might be a nice time for you to uh give out some Patreon love. Oh yes. Yes, yes, yes. So um just just quickly talking about uh we did a kind of soft launch of our Patreon page months ago, and we did a kind of more formal launch. Uh, at the end of Jabez going into the Carver Carver Cranebottom Christmas special uh, this past December, but if we it's it's worth blabbing about briefly. So I'm just going to blab very briefly to you about it. So for as little as a dollar a month, you can help support Root Alchemy by joining our super cool cult, which is called the Rudiment Alchemic. All the info is located on our Patreon page. It's Patreon.com/RudeAlchemy, and Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Um, at Root Alchemy, we operate. We operate. Uh, don't know how to talk because that's too late. At Root Alchemy, we operate advertisement. Don't worry. Don't no keep that. <laughs> At Root Alchemy, we operate advertisement free and hope to remain advertisement free. So, the Rudiment Alchemic is an opportunity to help us meet basic operating expenses like website hosting, maintaining the RSS feed, the internets, and whatnot. Upgrade equipment, which we've uh, already done. Thank you, current Root Al- Rudiment Alchemic members. Um, it allows us to hold in-person retreats to plan upcoming seasons and plot the future of the comp- company. Um, since we live in disparate parts of the country, these retreats are rare but very important. And of course, it allows us to continue to enhance and expand our offered programming. And you get sweet rewards in the process, including access to leaked secret advance info on upcoming season specials and more, a beautifully horrific certificate of membership signed by the narrator and the announcer, script archives, huh? 
much coveted complete credits. Our vault o bloopers and current rudiment alchemic members, please speak up. Let the world know how ridiculously giddy our vault o bloopers make you. Uh, shout outs on chatter and lore, which I'm about to get to. All the aforementioned, by the way, are all rolling rewards that we continue to update uh, every time we release a season. Um, also, you can get custom recordings from the narrator for your voicemail, ringtone, divorce notification, etc. <laughs> What? Naming rights for characters and locations in future seasons, personalized compositions from composer Benjamin J. Robb, and more. The bottom line is we love making Root Alchemy for all of you, and this is a way to help us to continue to do it. <clears throat> we typically release uh, 2.5 episodes per month. So that's counting episodes proper, Chatter and Laura specials, live episodes, etc. So use whatever math you want to determine how much you're willing to pitch in. You can also give a one-time donation via PayPal. Uh, you just have to go to readalchemy.com slash support. We're still cooking up uh, some rewards for folks who donate via PayPal. And yes, the rewards will be retroactive for those of you who have already donated. Thank you to those of you who have. In conclusion, thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you specifically to uh, Nether Depth Denizen Hunter Durbage, Catacomb Depth Denizens Craig Brennan, Mordecai Shachna, Nick Dusing, Derek Haynes, and Justin Piper. Thanks to these and all members of the Rudiment Alchemic Please consider joining us in the dark. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my god! It was I all think, a bad I dream. Think the second part of that was true. That the one about um, the rewards. That part was true. Yeah, correct. Ah, yes. T- Andy is the so winner hilarious. of all the games. That was great, Andy. Man, I wish I was more <laughs> like you. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> well, you know, next time you can make the weird history if you want. I will. I will. Okay. Great. Forward to it. And we're back. Now that we've covered chatter, it's time for lore. This episode, we have one story to share. It's from me, Andy. (laughs) The only criteria I had for this story was that it be set in the Carver universe during a time that is not inside the immediate storyline. You guys ready? Oh, yeah, baby. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Basil thrust his young head through the surface of the... Uh, I'm just just going to start. I'm just going to start. Oh, man. You suck. (laughs) Why did I have to make this wordy? Oh, God. <laughs> I can do this. Zebra. Rubber leather. Rubber leather is not even Rubber leather. leather. Rubber baby buggy bumper. Are you trying to say red leather? Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, Good yellow blood, leather. Bad blood. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. <clears throat> Basil thrust his young head through the surface of the latrine sludge in which he was hiding. He gasped for air and simultaneously... S- I dropped something. <clears throat> All right, we got the first sentence, right? He's in, he's hiding in the latrine slot. Which you stole from Schindler's List, you bastard. How dare you? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I, I, I didn't realize that. I, I'm sorry. I should probably stop. All right, so there's Basil. All right, so there's this guy, Basil. So, so, right. so, far, so far, he's on a false start. He dropped something and stole from Schindler's List. <laughs> and he's one sentence in. Oh, if you're considering joining our rudiment alchemic, you're going to hear a lot of what Tom's doing right now in the Valto bloopers. I work for Oscar Schindler. Basil th- I work. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Basil thrust his young head through the surface of the, the latrine sludge in which he was hiding. <laughs> he gasped for air. This part's funny, though, all right? Here it comes. <laughs> oh, God. He gasped for air and simultaneously sucked in an unintentional chunk of some undigested morsel. Uh, he recognized uh. it instantly as a remnant of the grainy, half-rotted carrots oft served in the dining hall on Tuesday. Oh, my God. <laughs> he nearly retched. However, not wanting to give up his position or the chance to siphon a smidgen of nutrition from his poopy predicament, oh. he swallowed. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's young Basil in the orphanage. He's mal- malnourished. <clears throat> oh, God. 
While treading diarrhea, Basil listened. <laughs> he heard neither the uneven slogging of Pip's useless booted leg against the floor, nor the constant involuntary snickering that ceaselessly poured from Tommy's hair-lipped mouth. For the moment, he seemed to be safe from the Ironton brothers. They had chased poor little Basil right out of his Beldor orphanage bed earlier that night. Basil had been sleeping soundly, dreaming of loving parents, a magic kit, and friends, none of which he had. <laughs> Basil had awoken to the sound of Tommy's snickering <laughs> close to his ear. Get up, Rosemary. My name's Basil, and I'm not an herb. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, you're a fruit, added Pip, helpfully. Now see here, retorted Basil, I am not. I am a boy, a human boy. I don't even like fruit, except for bananas, plantains, plums. <laughs> Cherries, said Pip. Ew, no, never. I I I'll squeeze oranges sometimes, but it's mostly just to annoy real orange lovers. <clears throat> Enough of this, said Tommy. Time to pay, Rosemary. The bullies proceeded to wail on Basil with their fists, elbows, and in Pip's case, a giant lopsided boot he used to compensate for the dead right leg he dragged behind him. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Basil managed to squeeze free by deflecting a boot swing into Tommy's jaw. The hideous child screamed with pain and swore, I'll kill you for this, Basilton. Apparently in too much pain to use the cruel moniker he'd invented. Basil had immediately sprinted to the latrines. He was intimately familiar with their layout. You see, after presenting a disastrous and urine-soaked magic show, Basil had been banished by Headmaster Crustwedge to serve as latrine hand dredger for over a year. He knew the ins and outs of the entire facility. A thousand-gallon steel well sat under the twelve hole-bearing splintery boards that passed for commodes. Basil had scurried up and under these boards, angling for his favorite hiding spot on the top rung of a disused stepladder that led down into the latrine sludge. However, in his haste, the scrawny Basil lost his grip and plunged headfirst into the poop soup. He stayed <laughs> under the sludge for as long as he could hold his breath, hoping the Ironton brothers would be gone when he emerged. Now, it appeared his hope was fulfilled. Continuing to tread liquid feces... Basil waited an extra moment, listening. He heard nothing, and, as his arms were getting tired, Basil swam his way over to the ladder from which he had fallen. He grabbed the nearest rung and attempted to yank himself up. Instead, the rusty rung ripped loose from the tank wall and sent Basil reeling back into the poo stew. He tried to find some purchase on the steel walls of the tank, but to no avail. They were all slick with orphan shit. <laughs> <laughs> Basil felt the panic rise within him as his treading arms and legs grew increasingly weary. As his fear of drowning began to outweigh his fear of the Ironton brothers, he gave way to panicky shouting, Help! 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 Well, well, what? Wait, no, 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 Tommy's the high voice. Oh, it doesn't matter. Right. It's this one's Tommy, all right? <clears throat> well, well, what have we here? Basil saw Tommy's cruel eyes and gross hair-lipped mouth smirk. <laughs> myself giggle. Hair-lipped mouth smirk over one of the holes in the planks. Help me, gasped Basil. You can beat me up later. Just please get me out. But the Ironton brothers met Basil's cries with a shrug and a knowing sideways glance at one another. <laughs> the boys' faces retreated from the holes. Basil continued to stare up at the twelve glowing circles in desperation. Silence. For a moment, Basil thought the boys had left. Then, suddenly, two of the circles went dark. What on earth started Basil? He didn't finish because poop went in his open mouth. Fresh poop. It was poop. It was, uh, it was poop from the butts of Tommy and Pip Ironton. Fresh, hot Chunky, oh, wet, loose, watery, stop. slightly oh. bloody poop. Okay? No! That's what happened! That's what happened, and I don't care. You don't want to hear it, but that's what it is. This is a poop story. Oh. I'm not sorry. Regardless, Basil's limbs were screaming with exhaustion while his mouth was screaming with revulsion. Although it really wasn't a scream. 
so, so much as <laughs> ah, shit. Although it really wasn't a scream so much as a loud and throaty gargle. <laughs> oh god! Every breath Basil took was more poop than oxygen. He was drowning in poop. Do you know what happens when you drown? You actually pull water into your lungs. In this case, Basil was pulling poop into his lungs. As Basil began to slip out of consciousness, he let his eyes drift upwards in an ill-advised, silent appeal to the heavens. Yes, more poop hit his face, cheeks, nostrils, gums, tonsils, tongue, teeth, and pupils. But with the one eye that wasn't plastered shut with pips, thick, vicious, viscous, and mostly red red disease, (laughs) he saw... He saw... He saw that there were once again 12 circles of light above. He thought he heard the two boys screaming and perhaps from another source... Laughter? All went dark. Sometime later, Basil awoke back in his own bed. He was gloriously clean. Well, except for some really caked-in poop around his eyelids. You know, like when girls wear too much eyeliner over time and it becomes, like, permanent? It was like that. Next to him was a tall... Handsome boy reading a large book. Cranebottom, is that you? Ah, I see you've come around. I heard your screams, and when I saw those nasty Ironton boys headed for the latrine, I knew it couldn't be good. I gave them a light thrashing and sent them on their way. I also told the headmaster about the disturbance, and he's had them transferred to Grubgate Orphanage. They won't be like to bother you again. Basil was mystified that the great, intelligent, popular, and handsome Cranebottom would deign to help him. When he stutteringly expressed this sentiment, Carver merely waved his hand and said, You'll stick with me from now on. And so he did. Carver clearly considered the matter closed, but Basil, curious as ever, wasn't satisfied with Carver's explanation. He daren't ask his newfound best friend for more details, so when the moment was right, he found Headmaster Crustwedge and boldly asked for an audience. He was impatiently ushered into the headmaster's office and told to stand on a line exactly three feet from the great desk at which Crustwedge sat. Well, demanded the headmaster. Basil grew nervous and began stammering, realizing he wasn't sure at all what he was asking. He managed to squeak out one phrase. Ironton, brothers? What do you know of them? snapped the headmaster sharply. When Basil continued to stammer incoherently, the headmaster dismissed him with a warning. Return to your bunk. And if I ever hear you speak a word about the Ironton brothers again, I'll send you to Grubgate. Basil scurried back to his room and hid his head under his thin sheet until he slept a fitful sleep full of nightmares and screams and laughter. Meanwhile, Crustwedge called his secretary into the office. Neville, I'm not comfortable with the location of the Irontons. Move them to the undercellar post-haste. Neville protested vigorously, insisting that he didn't want to see those poor boys ever again, not the way they were. Not after whatever it was got to them. Crustwedge slapped the hysterical man, handed him a rusty spade, and sent the man into the night, shaking and sniffling. Oh. The end. Oh, wow. What a command of just, of uh, Carver lore. You know, there's just so many elements in there from both seasons. That's great. great. It's really, really wonderfully, wonderfully rich with both human waste and uh and and story magic i don't know not not enough bestiality <laughs> oh that's right got all about that mm. hey yeah you're not we, a nev- we never will yeah. yeah we never we we will never forget about bag. it poop and and bestiality <laughs> <laughs> sometimes together you know what i'm saying Whoa. you know oh um <clears throat> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done. thanks for joining us for Rude Alchemy Chatter and Lore. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And please continue to ask us some questions using those platforms. We'd love to hear from you. And if there's a very good chance we will answer your question on Chatter. <laughs> Excuse me. Just... It's like we're on our way out, like you know, we're like halfway out the door. And I guarantee he didn't drink anything carbonated, not beer, not soda. It's just he, Tom can. Oh man, this is the no, this is the first uh, Shatter and Lore I've never, I haven't drunk at, I haven't been drinking. You haven't drunk at. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I actually just had a glass of milk. 
Yeah, well, well, we'll answer. Ew. We'll answer your. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the poop story. <laughs> yeah, Tom, how could you fine. be so disgusting? A milk burp. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll answer your your dumb question on Chatter and Lore. Also, remember, support us, get access to exclusive content. You know all this. Andrew spent twenty five minutes on it earlier. So yeah, I'm sorry, it was a little long. Uh, we won't do that every time. <laughs> Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks again. Thank you, you, everybody. Goodbye. is Mr. Thomas Hodgkin, Mr. Andrew Kane, Mr. Andy Wertner, and Mr. Ryan Whalen. This episode's story written by Mr. Wertner. Intro and outro music by Old Town Wake. All other music composed by Mr. Benjamin J. Robb. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. To support Rude Alchemy and gain access to exclusive content like blooper reels from every season, visit RudeAlchemy.com support. Time of COVID-19, CDC asks you keep your hands clean. Don't congregate and kindly shelter in place. Also wash your hands and don't touch your face. So use soap and water and grab a clean towel. And don't be a Jonah. Prevent spread of corona by washing your hands. Olay! This was a public service announcement from the Mutual Audio Network.